Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of The Storied Recipe. As my weekly guests share their stories through the vessel of cherished food memories, we all become better cooks, more grateful for the gift of food, and we honor those that have loved us through their cooking. Welcome to an entire week of bonus episodes titled Carry Out in Corona. Of all the conflicting information we're receiving these days, I'm having the most difficulty reconciling the call to support small local businesses with the command to stay home. Is it possible to support small restaurants without contributing to the spread of coronavirus? I felt the best way to answer this question was simply to hear the stories of small food-based businesses in crisis and ask them. Between Thursday of one week and Tuesday of the following week, Emma Jagaz, owner and farmer at Moon Valley Farms, completely pivoted her business. One week, 100% of her produce was serving the best restaurants in the Baltimore, D.C. and Frederick areas. By the next week, she had opened her CSA early to provide fresh, safe food to her local community. And by partnering with organizations, she was also supplying shares to out-of-work restaurant workers. If this sounds amazing to you, as it did to me, consider that with two kids under the age of two, Emma started this farm in her parents' backyard growing it over the last nine years to serve up to 100 local restaurants and 250 CSA members. Emma makes a habit of doing great things. And the best part is she invites us to do them with her. Thank you for doing this so last minute. Absolutely. You have such a unique perspective. And so I'm really thankful that you hopped on and you're going to share your story with us. So thank you. Sure. So tell me a little bit about, it's called Moon Valley Farm. Is your farm? Okay. So tell me a little bit about both what you do as a farm, who you service, and also how it started. So currently Moon Valley Farm sells produce to the best restaurants in the Baltimore and D.C. area. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we just added Frederick, Maryland as well. And we sell to a an ever-growing but 250-plus member CSA program from May through the end of December. Uh, We grow certified organic vegetables and herbs, and we partner with several other um, farms throughout Maryland to offer additional items to our um, all of our customers from gourmet mushrooms to local grains and dry beans to fruit and bulk veggies. Okay. Uh, Added eggs as well. Oh, wow. Uh, So I'm the owner of Moon Valley Farm, and I started Moon Valley Farm in late 2011. um, Uh And my parents' backyard in um, Baltimore County, Maryland. And I bartered with community members to eventually farm on six different pieces of property. Wow. um, That I was growing 15 acres of certified organic land actually by the end of 2019. So I really bootstrapped the farm um, because I didn't have financial resources to purchase land of my own in the beginning. And honestly, I didn't even know what I was looking for Mm. and just purchased land of my own three months ago in Frederick County, Maryland. Wow. Wow. So you figured out as you tried different pieces of property, what you really wanted. Mm. Yep. Mm. And the scale that works for me and my farm. So Mm. I started with a small 12-person CSA in 2012 and have grown uh, both 
the CSA membership and sales to restaurants slowly but steadily throughout the last nine years. Mm. And how did you how did you add in restaurants? How did that process happen? It happened pretty easily. It was my second year growing, and one of my volunteers was a server at Woodbury Kitchen, um, mm. a farm table restaurant in Baltimore City. And when I had an abundance of produce, she offered the connection, and I had been working with them ever since. Um, and so, you know, when I started the farm, I had two toddlers under age two. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, um, so I sought sales channels that I could sustain while raising that more while they were with mm. me. And so I shied away from doing farmer's markets because I couldn't figure out how I would make any sales with babies. <laughs> yes. Right. So. Right. Wow, Emma, I really admire you. I have four Thank children <laughs> and two, two and under was the hardest phase for me. Adding three Thanks. and four was nothing yeah. compared to two <laughs> under two. So I really admire you for starting that. That must have come from some sort of to do something so big at such a vulnerable time in your life. It must have come from something very heartfelt. Yeah, I really wanted to work for myself and raise my kids. And I mm. think I know that a lot of people who um, start the journey into parenthood kind of find it as a time of reckoning. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, well, now is my opportunity to do something that I really believe in um, mm. to show to my kids um, that, that that's what this world is about. Um, I also really believe in the health of communities being based in healthy food. Mm. I was an activist in college and I was really interested in all sorts of topics from feminism to um, poverty and social injustices and environmental injustices. And I felt like it you know, all of the injustices in some ways can boil down to families having or in communities having access to healthy food, because if you don't have your health, it's really hard to fight for any anything else. Wow, um, that is an incredible <laughs> statement that I we're keeping it short on today's podcast, but wow, that is something I would love to explore more with you. That is a that is a that is a profound statement. That that would be a lot to unpack. Thank you. Mm, okay. So, and I noticed your kids are now very active on your farm. Yes, they are. Mm, so you have kids, you have volunteers, and you have employees. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, we sort of phased out the volunteers for the most part. We just have employees now. Okay. So this does. Um, this is a perfect segue into our next part of the conversation. Um, I think the reason that you are such a unique um, voice in this conversation is because you both have restaurants that you serve, you have customers, you know, through your CSA, and you have employees that you have to, that, that you're accountable to on some level. Um, mm -hmm. So tell me about how your farm is linked to the rest of the food industry 
and start broad. Tell me how the food industry is threatened right now and then what that is doing to your farm. Well, so from January to April, 100% of my farm sales are to restaurants in Baltimore and D.C. And uh, three to four weeks ago, it was clear that they were going to have to close down for Mm -hmm. an unknown amount of time. So Mm -hmm. the restaurants that I work with, we work with between 50 and 100 restaurants every week. So it's we're pretty in the pulse of the food system and how people eat. And um, we were really trying to normalize local food on people's plates, both in their homes and when they ate out. So the food industry really took a beating with people not being able to congregate. That was their their whole thing. Hospitality is um, is togetherness and proximity and lots of people Mm. together. So and and that's not safe right now. So they all had to close. Okay. So two follow-up questions. Um, were you able to anticipate this a day, a week, a month out, or did it catch you by surprise you in the food industry here in Baltimore, DC and Frederick? Well, I mean, I think in some ways it kind of caught everyone by surprise. Definitely. Would, we saw in the world news um, that the virus was starting to get serious in China and in Italy and, you know, people were watching restaurants close and that kind of thing. But I think a lot of people thought, oh, that's happening over there. Yeah. And, and then there was that Wednesday and Thursday, um, a few weeks ago that it really became clear to people that it was happening to us and it was happening yeah. to us right now. Yep. And, um, we, typically sell on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we deliver twice a week to restaurants and um, that's 52 weeks out of the year. So when that happened on that Wednesday, Thursday, um, I decided mm-hmm. to offer home delivery for a CSA members starting the following Tuesday. Cause I wasn't sure if restaurants were going to be open or closed wow. or going to happen. Wow. So you pivoted very quickly. Yes. That's incredible. Wow. That's, again, I compliment you on your agility. (laughs) That's amazing. How many of your restaurants have been able to transition to a takeout or delivery model and how many have had to close down completely? So are you doing any restaurant sales right now? We are doing a small amount of restaurant sales. I think that the restaurants who have been able to safely offer carry out options or delivery are um, doing a lot less business than they normally were. Mm -hmm. And some of them are still buying. um, But for the most part, there's a lot of silence right now as folks are figuring it out. You know, it's really Mm -hmm. interesting because on my farm with my employees, we have 25 acres where we can be very far apart but in mm-hmm. most of the kitchens that we work with, there it's impossible to keep people yeah. distant from one yeah. another. Yeah. So it's not even guest safety, it's employee safety. Yes. Yeah, that's the majority. Um, that's the reason that I've heard the majority of restaurants are closing is because they can't wrap their brains around how to keep employees safe. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, it was all about the customer because, of course, that's the position I'm in. And, no, uh, customers still want food. It's yeah, <laughs> it's, yes. Uh, they can't keep their workers safe, and I've yeah. been hearing, um, it, you know, it's been impossibly difficult for all of these owners to close because for mm-hmm. a while, um, Hogan and Maryland closed down before they closed down in D.C., and so the D.C. restaurants felt okay. like they had to stay open. Um, because they weren't forced to close. There's a lot of, uh, you know, yeah. logistical reasons that they needed to be closed down so that they could get financial support for their employees. But most of the restaurants that I'm, that I were, was working I with are bleeding right now. And right. Um, they're trying to figure out how to do right by their employees. Right. 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 Yeah. So, um, let's talk about your business and what you guys are kind of suffering right now. How, what kind of changes have you had to make just to get yourself through this time? We started offering the home delivery, as I mentioned, and mm-hmm. we've had an outpouring of support and demand for that service. And in a lot of ways, we were really set up for it because we were planning to start CSA in May. So we had still some boxes and we still had the packaging available, um, you know, just ready on our farm for it. And we had the produce. So it was packaging differently. And the logistics have been the main um, hard point for us. Um, This is a time of year where we train seasonal staff. I'm actually moving away from uh, seasonality with most of my staff, but Mm. because I just bought the farm a few months ago and my farm is over an hour from my last space, uh, we have more turnover than I anticipate in the future right now. So I have a lot of new employees and then figuring out a new system on top of that has been stressful. But again, I can imagine. I can't compare it to what my uh, restaurant friends mm. are going through. So I feel mm. grateful in the long run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in terms of employees, because you were in so much flux and because you were kind of already down to a smaller staff, it sounds like you haven't really had to make huge cuts. It's just maybe a matter of not bringing as many people on or just seeing what happens with the CSA no, actually, um, we added hours for that's great. Um, many of our employees. We added a few people who were with me last year whose um, new jobs fell through. And so we actually took on some new folks and added hours for several of our employees because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, the demand has been pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of safety, so if people are listening to this and they would really, you know, want to get fresh food right now and support your farm, keep it going so that when restaurants open back up, you can start to serve them again. How can they feel confident in the safety, you know, of the food that they're getting? Well, I think for the most part, uh, you've got to trust someone in order to eat every day. And Um, for us, uh, compared to eating 
um, food that was produced in California or sure. Mexico or somewhere else, there's just plain fewer hands touching your food. Absolutely. Um, we have added on new procedures because of COVID-19, mm-hmm. including daily sanitization. We're not allowing guests onto our farm. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone who comes onto the farm has to wash hands immediately. Um, also before and after eating, before they touch food, although that, that was, we right. never allowed sick people to right. <laughs> or work in the pack shed anyway, um, right. but we are sanitizing shared services extra. Our delivery drivers are sanitizing hands before and after each delivery, and our vehicles are getting sanitized each run. Um, we are not reusing any materials, any packaging materials, and are just got some compostable bags and other things to sort of decrease our um, ecological footprint on, on that front. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the farm, we are practicing social distancing for the safety of our employees. Yeah. Um, and anyone who is feeling sick in any way or who's has a sick person in their household get paid two weeks off. Wow. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And like you said, if I go to the grocery store and I get some produce, it's, it's a simple math problem. It's guaranteed that more hands have touched it. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. And, you know, for, for that, we're still combating problems of climate change and food security in, in the world on top of this problem. And Mm. so when people are considering not just COVID-19, but the greater problems that we're facing as a society, eating local is the best option. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. And I'd like to talk about some of the other things that you are doing specifically. There's so many things. Um, So there's an account, Megan Bakes. She makes these beautiful personalized cookies. um, Mm -hmm. And I follow her on Instagram. And I just noticed that she tossed out the name, you know, tossed out your farm the other day as someone that was doing local delivery. So I just clicked on over and I was really... I think, um, smitten with your Instagram account and yes, well, it's your message, you know, because you're speaking a lot about things like community, joy, grace you talked about today, but most importantly, you're talking about action. I definitely don't sense that there's platitudes in what you're saying, you know, um, and I appreciate that. So I feel like you are trying to be very active in meeting needs and solving problems right now. So can you talk about some of those things that maybe some of my listeners could involve themselves in? Yeah, so we have produce and um, we have great partnerships with other local farms, like I mentioned earlier, with fruit and mushrooms and bulk veggies and grains and dry beans. And we have these close relationships with the restaurant industry who we are really feeling for right now. So um, we started to offer uh, donation shares and people can go on to our website and order a share for themselves and also order a share for an industry worker in need. That's Um, amazing. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing that logistically? Do you have just the names and addresses of employees? 
and you go no. ahead and deliver to them. Okay. <laughs> um, no, although we are open to, to doing that. And I did put the idea out to the restaurant list that I, um, that I communicate with twice a week, um, that if they are personally in need and need it delivered to their house, that, that we would do that. Um, but we're working with an organization, Friends and Family Meal in D.C., um, who has gotten funds from all sorts of places in the past several weeks, three to four weeks, and they've been buying produce from us to package into shares and they have delivered over a thousand shares or, or wow. offered over a thousand shares. I think the people are coming to pick up um, mm -hmm. to industry workers in need over the past several weeks. Um, mm -hmm. And we're also working with Woodbury Kitchen in Baltimore, who is going to distribute for us in that city. Okay. I'm going to, I'm just jotting these down because um, I'm definitely going to share those along with your information. So that's friends and family meal and then Woodbury Kitchen. Yep. Okay. Okay. So um, just speaking along those lines of, of joy and community, again, I'm not asking you to sugarcoat anything. And it's okay, of course, for you to just say, I don't really see much good right now, but we'll try to get through it. But I'm just going to ask the question, do you see any silver linings? Have you noticed anything good during this time? Well, like I said, there's a lot of bleeding and a lot of suffering going yeah. on, and I don't want to yep. to ignore that. Yep. But, um, but there is, I think that people are questioning their food sourcing. And for me, you know, I have felt like offering local food to my community, organic food in an area um, the Chesapeake Bay watershed that really needs organic land management in order to heal the estuary that's so important to our region. Mm. Um, and so I felt like local and organically produced food has always been absolutely critical for our region. But mm. it had this feel of sort of being extra at the same time. Um, mm. I think that a lot of a lot of people didn't view local as necessary and as, you know, uh, the solution that we all need to be looking for. And it feels a little more like that right now. Like it feels, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess being called, um, uh, what is, what is the word being called essential is, <laughs> is, uh, you know, part mm -hmm. of the, that, shift in feeling, but there's hmm. also a real renewed de a demand right now. I mean, the mm -hmm. demand for a local, as people are, are thinking about, oh, wow, how many people did touch that in the grocery mm -hmm. store? Or um, how many people touched it even before it came to the grocery store? And mm. local does seem safer. And if things shut down, local does seem like it'll still be functional. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, I think yeah. that it's an opportunity for local food to become the new normal for people. Mm. And I think that that could be a silver lining as long as the local farmers um, step up and, and help teach people on how 
to eat locally and seasonally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you say step up, are you finding that this is putting, well, yes, you said that this is an extra stressful time. For everyone. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I mean, a lot of farmers that I know have lost their regular business outlets and are struggling to um, come up with new packaging and new software programs, new ways of selling produce, and um, also while juggling the how do I keep my employees safe questions that, again, are the center, on the center of our minds as we're trying to pivot our businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, on that note, I'm going to thank you again for taking this time Um to speak to me and for the benefit, you know, of all of us. And I'm just going to end with two questions. And one is, how would you recommend that me and my listeners can best support small businesses in the food industry right now? And then I'm also going to ask you how people can find you and Moon Valley Farm. I think reaching out to representatives to raise unemployment rates is going to really help industry workers and to find your favorite restaurants and support them in whatever way they're offering. I think that's going to be on a case-by-case basis. Um, If anyone is interested in reaching out to me and Moon Valley Farm, you can find me on my website, www.moonvalleyfarm.net. And that's where you can get one-time or all-season contactless home delivery shares. Um, And we're also on Instagram at Moon Valley Farm and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Moon Valley Baltimore. Yep. Thank you. And I will share all of that um, on my website as well. So, Emma, is there anything else you'd like to say? Local is the new normal. Okay. Make local your habit. Okay. Thank you so much, Emma. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Emma. You can find all the contact information for Moon Valley Farms, as well as the contact information for her partners, friends and family meal, and Woodbury Kitchen in the show notes on my website. I also want to thank Megan Bakes for alerting me to everything Emma is doing and simply for brightening my days with her incredible cookie designs. You can find her contact information on the website as well. Tomorrow, as we continue the Carry Out in COVID series, we'll hear from Josh Sapienza, who has over 20 years experience in restaurant operations and currently supports, mentors, and advocates for over 6,000 restaurant owners. Josh is engaging, experienced, and brings a perspective to this crisis that is completely unique. Hit that subscribe button now to hear his interview tomorrow. Also, if anything in this series has helped you navigate the complicated topic of eating in the midst of coronavirus, it would mean so much to me if you would share the episode with your friends and family. Thank you, and have a great day, my friends.